0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Futuristic Enterprise Podcast, a collaboration between Leaderonomics and Picha Eats. My name is Kim, one of the hosts for this show and in this podcast series, we interview leaders of sustainable enterprises and dive deep into their life-changing stories and the amazing work they are doing around the world. In episode 2, I caught up with Mariana just before her next flight from Ethiopia to Portugal. And we talked about how her award-winning enterprise bridges social gaps across cities around the world. Here's what she had to say. Thank you, um, Mariana, uh, for being part of this podcast. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a podcast that we're going to talk about uh, your 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 journey about uh, in Speak and the, the the challenges and the success story, or probably some failures in entrepreneurship as well, and uh, also talking about how it actually helped. Um, break social barriers and um, how how uh, what are your visions as well? So we're gonna go through all these things. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, so we we, we from PCH we were part of the Shiva's venture in twenty eighteen. That's where we knew uh, about Speak for twenty nineteen, and that's where uh, we I I, I try to connect uh, w- to you with Diana. Uh, but before that, uh, could you please like uh, introduce about yourself and your company? Yes. Yeah. Uh, thanks,
1: Kim. So my name is uh, Mariana, I'm from uh, Portugal and uh, Speak, uh, the company that uh, we work, the social enterprise that uh, we work with, uh, connects uh, migrants, refugees and locals uh, living in the same city. And we do it through language and uh, culture exchange activities. So it's a very simple solution to uh, a much larger and complex problem. So you can have two experiences one is the language uh, groups you can sign up to learn a new language and culture and you can also share with others your own language and culture and on the other hand we have the community organized events and with these two activities what we aim to do is to connect people bring people together from different backgrounds and at the end of the day relationships start uh, building and throughout the process what happens is that people build um, meaningful relationships and uh, they start doing with what any informal network uh, does which is solve each other's problems and uh, take care of each other at the end of the day
0: Cool, so if I were to summarize, it's like language plus experiences equals meaningful relationships. Yes, that could be it. (laughs) So if I go a bit more personal, like uh, because you come from a place where uh, a lot of people speak different languages, I'm sure. Um, What does language mean to you? Because for us, language means um, food because we do food and that connects a lot of people. Uh, language does the same. So, but what language means to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, when you
1: meet uh, when you meet someone from a, from a different culture or from a different country, you have a lot of curiosities. So, for example, we arrived to Addis Ababa, and I'm almost uh, positive that uh, most people in the conference asked, "How do you say hello?" Everyone knows that it's uh, salam. Uh, how do you say thank you? And we are curious about those uh, little details. And especially when you're living in a different culture, to know the language is to be able to connect in depth with that culture. You feel that uh, you're better understood when people know a little bit more about your culture and about your language, and you feel that you can connect better also when you talk other people's languages. Mm-hmm. So. In short, I would say that uh, a language is uh, a path to, to, to making connections and to get to know the other
0: person. Oh, that's very extensive and a very good <laughs> meeting definition to language. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I go a bit more to your personal story. Like, um, Why did you want to start speak at the first place? Uh, what made you want to do this? How this idea came about with your other co-founders? So, I didn't start Speak. Speak was started by Hugo, he is the
1: founder of uh, of Speak, and started in to test in 2013 2014. And uh, uh, at the moment, he was working for Google, so when it was time to scale the project, he decided to move back to, to Lisbon, to Portugal, and to grow the project. And at that point, there was a need for other people to join the team. And so I joined the team as a late co-founder in uh, the beginning of 2016. And uh, the project comes because in Portugal, there's, uh, historically, we have been uh, migrating a lot to other countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the past uh, years, there's a lot of people coming back and there are a lot of uh, migrants coming to, to Portugal as well and uh, the idea that uh, people, local and migrants, newcomers, they do not connect in, uh, in the same city,
0: it's a little bit strange if we think about it. So what about yourself? Like, Why <laughs> did you choose to join Hugo at the first place? Okay, so uh,
1: first I, there are two, two reasons. Uh, one is the the passion for the topic. So I have also lived in different places, mm-hmm. sometimes for short periods, and it's very difficult to make connections. And every time you move to a new city, it's like restarting all over again, and it's actually exhausting. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously I come from a, from, a, not obviously, but I come from a former background that uh, I, I had other things to compensate. So when mm-hmm. I moved to different countries, I was not in uh, running away from anything. I was not uh, uh, in need of any basic support. So it makes it easier also to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the passion for the topic is one of the things that really moved me to, to join UGO. And then, uh, there are actually two other reasons. Another reason is because Ugo is a very inspirational person okay. and with a, a great vision for speak and he can move people, he's like a mobilizer. Uh-huh. and that is, uh, that is something that has always attracted me in, uh, in the project and uh, in his vision. And then the third one is the ability to to scale, because speak is uh, prepared to scale and to reach other cities. So the fact that you can transform a solution that is implemented in one city or in one country and then take it potentially to the entire world Mm -hmm. is
0: very exciting and very appealing. Yeah. So talking about like scaling, uh, like during the Social Enterprise World Forum, um, I was listening about uh, to your talk, and you were talking about social uh, franchising the model. Um, and I, I, I guess that's your model to scale. Right now, uh, it seems like it's going quite okay uh, because you say it's going from eighteen to twenty-four countries right now. Um, no. Right. Uh, we are in twenty four cities, ah, in cities 10, ten countries. Okay, yes. ten countries. So, yeah, now in Milan, Lagos, and uh, a few places. So, can you share some of the challenges when you face um, with scaling this model? Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: definitely. So, in terms in terms of uh, scale, we didn't start with a social franchising. We started uh, growing in an organic way. Mm. So. Uh, We had two different ways of doing it. We had um, one way that was hire a project manager in the city that we wanted to develop. And that's the way we did it with the first city that Speak went to, which is Torino. And uh, then we also had a couple of people from the team moving to different cities to set up Speak Mm. in in those different cities. And what happens is that, that model has its risks because when you're hiring someone and you're managing a far away city it it can be a little bit difficult to support the person to do the onboarding process and to help the person also to reach their potential on one hand mm-hmm. and you're not you're not sure if you're hiring the right people. it's uh, it's a
0: challenge.
1: Yes, yes. Human, it's, uh, human capital, <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. And then on the other hand, it's also a, a very expensive solution to, to hire people in the local cities on one hand and then on the other hand, it takes a lot of time if it was the team to be in the different cities and to try to, to grow those cities. We wouldn't be able to be in 24 cities today if it was the same model it doesn't mean that the social franchising model doesn't have its ch- its challenges we mm. are also trying to figure that out a little bit better and uh, now we are at a point that we had about uh, a year and a half of experience okay. with with this model and we have 19 cities that run in this model the other five uh, are organic cities of speak and uh, we are coming to the end of the cycle where we are ready to discuss the the challenges that we had what worked what could be done in a better way Mm -hmm. and um, there are a few things that uh, we can uh, we can improve so in terms of the founding team it's uh, we have different people from migrants uh, local people, we have organizations setting up uh, speak, so we have different uh, entities and different uh, personalities uh, developing speak Mm -hmm. and uh, we need to understand what what makes uh, a perfect uh, founding team that is able to scale speak and to develop the community in that city. So that's one of the things that we are also uh trying to understand the uh, better
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, uh, also how we can better help the founders because we need to focus the shift of the team as well mm-hmm. and how can we better help and support the founders to reach uh, the the growth of the community to reach also funding for themselves and to be sustainable in the cities where they are
0: okay it's a uh, very um like, I hope that, like, uh, such a uh, service could be available in Malaysia soon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you all, like, really looked into the Asian countries? Uh, at the moment, we
1: we were only looking at Europe, and then uh, we had uh, different opportunities outside of Europe. Okay. So we are now in Lagos, Nigeria, in uh, California, the U.S., and also we are opening now in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Okay. And um, since it's the first cities that we have outside of Europe, we are now trying to learn a little bit how it is. What are the different challenges, so we can uh,
0: yeah, understand sure. if what do we need to uh, adjust? I'm sure, I'm sure. You have come. We come with the cultural uh, challenges and the backgrounds. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> uh, I want to go into the problems that we face. Uh, at the first place uh, like what are the refugee or migrant problems that uh, how is it like in Portugal because in Malaysia um, refugees are basically not allowed to work um, because we are not part of the UN Refugee Convention but the numbers of refugees are uh, increasing every single day so I want to know a bit like how, how is it like in Portugal and all the other countries that you are, uh, speak is in right now um, and yeah um, yes yeah, so the different countries have
1: the different uh, um, approaches uh, In in Portugal we are not, it's a a little bit of a different context for the southern European countries Mm -hmm. because, you know, Greece, Italy uh, are receiving a lot of uh, refugees because it's on their route from Istanbul to Greece and then to Italy and Portugal is not, so Portugal is further away and what happens is that people do not come to us naturally the majority of the refugees we have, they come through re- the placement program mm-hmm. of the European Union. And we haven't received many, so we only received a little bit over 1,600 okay. uh, at the moment. And uh, it's, I think the challenge, there's, a, there's a, a, a program for the first 18 months that uh, helps people to settle in the house to have the basic needs covered while they are on the process of uh, uh, becoming residents and having uh, all the paperwork and also access to the language what happens is well this is my my opinion it's uh, uh, not really based in uh, in facts i believe but it's that the challenge after those eighteen months, because people start uh, getting out of the support network and from one day to the other, you you probably don't have a place to stay, and you will need to extend that help. So um, I think that uh, finding a job and uh, learning the language are difficult uh, steps to to mm-hmm. be given because you cannot land a job before having. A place for you to stay
0: yeah so I guess like that's where speak comes in It's very important for them to learn the language get used to the culture and assimilate assimilate themselves into the culture mm-hmm. so I, I, I read in one of the article that at one point that uh, speak was hosting around 3,000 people in 18 hours mm-hmm and that's the yes. highest record so uh, right now what's the record uh, last year we Three thousand people
1: passed through the eighteen-hour experience of Speak. Mm-hmm. So we had three thousand participants in uh, thirteen
0: cities last year. Yeah. yeah. So um, from those uh, numbers, are there any like success stories that you could share? Like very um uh, very personal or like an individual that has really used Speak to its advantage and really help them in their future yes i think um, we we have a few uh,
1: stories and uh, we we would love to have access to more Mm -hmm. (laughs) because sometimes things happen and you're not really aware Mm -hmm. but i can share a couple uh, with you Mm -hmm. so just a a couple of weeks ago every week we share uh, we have a our team meeting and in one part of the team meeting, it's called community stories. And we share a story about the community that we are uh, hearing or that uh, someone has told us. And uh, there's this uh, girl, Susanna from Mozambique, who met another person from Mozambique, another girl. And uh, she found out that this girl, she was uh, unemployed. She lost her job. And then she lost her house as well, the place where she was staying in in uh, in Portugal. And so Susana found a job for her and hosted her in her house, because she knew that the girl was sending all the money to Mozambique to her family. Okay. So she was helping her until she was on her two feet and could sustain herself, and then. Uh, the girl went back to Mozambique, and when Susanna went there, she invited her to stay at her mm-hmm. house and to meet all the family uh, because she was uh, obviously very, very grateful to, yeah. to Susanna. And this is one example that uh, it seems that we know only by casualty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, Hulud. Hulud is a very interesting story because Hulud she moved from Syria to to Portugal Mm. and uh, she she went to study and uh, she got to know speak and uh, she uh, even started her speak in her own city so today Hulud is the person who is helping to transform her city into a more inclusive one Mm -hmm. and uh, She is a very inspirational person and she uh, was even nominated on the top 10 personalities Mm -hmm. last year by a Portuguese newspaper. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So she's one of those persons who understands the challenges of migrating, understands the challenges that she um, went through and now she wants to contribute to others. Another Syrian girl just recently told her I saw you and I went to a speak event and uh, you really inspired me because before that I was not able to leave the house and I was not meeting people and I was not interacting with people and I was just surviving at home and not really connecting with others. So, it's,
0: uh, yeah. um, so we talk a lot about uh, languages, uh, I want to talk a bit about the experience, um, because I, 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 I heard in your talk that um, when, when people uh, are in the experience, they don't see each other as a refugee, they don't see each other as a, a migrant, there's no labelling, and that's the best, uh, I, I always think that that's the best social setting. Um, so, could you just walk us through like some some of the experiences or what what happens in an experience sometimes? Yes yeah. uh,
1: it's, uh, it's actually very, very simple. So you can uh, sign up uh, for speak. Let's imagine that you move to Lisbon, you can sign up uh, uh, for speak to learn the Portuguese language and culture, and you will be in a group between four to eighteen people. And every week you have a session, one hour and a half every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7.30. And when you are in the group, there's Kim and there's uh, other people from different countries, from different religions, from different contexts. The methodology of SPEAK, what helps is for you to build the connections while you are also learning the language. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a setting of a teacher to students, is a setting of everyone in the group is in charge of the learning. And there are dynamics that are played and there are uh, conversations that are um, started by everyone. So Mm -hmm. if we are talking about the topic of family, we are not just learning how to say granddad and uh, son or daughter we are also asking so how is it in uh, Malaysia you know how do you spend your Sundays in Malaysia Uh is it common for people to uh, to have babies before getting married is it common uh, how is it seen is a traditional culture how do they see um, same uh, gender marriage Mm -hmm, is it okay or is it not okay and uh, how is it in your family is your family and this type of conversations that happen on -on Mm one-on-one you start telling your experience and you start sharing a little bit about yourself and when you start sharing about yourself is impossible for people not to make a connection because we have so much that can connect us it doesn't really matter if i'm coming from from Portugal or if I'm coming from Ethiopia you know mm-hmm. everyone has their challenges and things that bring them together mm-hmm. so it's, you know after a speak session that finishes at 8 in the evening uh, I'm asking hey so what are you doing now are you going home like are you doing something Oh, okay let's go and have a coffee or mm-hmm. let's continue the conversation and suddenly People are not really using speak uh, as the Platform. the linking,
0: linking okay. points, but the the relationship goes much further than that. Yeah, so it's like um, one of uh, the phrase that Hugo said. Like, um, uh, speak is not just about. It's not a classroom. It's yes. an experience. And exactly. Experience is what we need today. Whenever we go to different countries. Yeah. So, uh, talking about like experiences like um because this is very much uh angled for refugees or migrants but do you see this as a a, a thing that could go commercial like yeah, like a nomad or a traveler who's going to a place for a few few months yes. could use this as well yes yes uh, speak is open to everyone uh, speak uh, is open
1: to migrants to expats to refugees to local people Mm -hmm. and uh, we have um, in any city if we look at torino or if you look at berlin or uh, london you have participants who are local and you have participants who are newcomers
0: so uh i just have two more questions so uh, we talk a lot about how speak is creating impact Um, and also uh, doing the social franchising model uh, for your past one and a half years. Um, I want to talk a bit about entrepreneurship itself because it's very not often talked in uh, social entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So are there any failures that you face in entrepreneurship and how you overcome those failures? I think that uh,
1: failures, it seems like a very strong word because it seems that failure it's like the end of the line mm-hmm. and i think that uh, along the way you have a lot of things that failed it doesn't mean that it was a failure it just means like for example the way that we approached gro- growth it was it failed it, it was not sustainable so we had to to move past that and i think we'll have a lot more uh, decisions and uh probably failures along the way for for the future so in terms of entrepreneurship i think if you have the mentality that you're learning on the way and that you're you can uh, stop at some point and evaluate what you have been doing and if it's on the right path if it's reaching your objectives and then you can you know, be quick to change your
0: your path. Mm-hmm. It's uh, part of the process. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So um, I have just last uh, question. So, what's your long term vision? But uh, before you answer that, I is either uh, there's two ways. What will Speak look like in five years? Or more like, if Speak were to disappear in the next five years, what will people be missing out? okay Mm -hmm. so I can answer in the two ways yes
1: if speak would disappear in five years uh, we would hope that that meant that all cities in the world Mm -hmm. are inclusive Mm -hmm. uh, and that would be our our vision to be in uh, every city that needs a solution to connect people and to bring people together and uh, Hulud, one of the things that she tells us always is that everyone has the right to feel at home in the city where they live. So that's our vision. And in a more practical way, we want to be in 100 cities by 2024.
0: Ooh. that's cool <laughs> but could Malaysia be one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, okay so just one last piece of advice for uh, young I know you probably get this a lot but uh, you know like how people always like to get reminded of certain things although they have learn a lot uh, just last piece of advice uh, for people who want to venture into social entrepreneurship or are already on this path it's a lonely journey um, so just one piece of advice
1: yeah, I think you, you just uh, gave the answer. It's a lonely journey, so uh, one thing that um, that Hugo and the rest of the team tries to do as well is to s- surround yourself of people who are able to help you uh, in any way that you need. It's, um, it's very difficult to achieve things alone, and uh, the, normally the resources that you have are not the resources that you need. So if you are able to inspire people and mobilise people to mm. help you, do that. It's, uh, I think it's an amazing skill to have.
0: Cool, thank you very much. That's all. Thanks, <laughs> thank you. So that was Mariana Briante and I was very, very amazed by her aspiration in wanting to scale her enterprise. This journey requires a lot of support, so it's very important to reach out to the right people. So if you like this podcast, stay tuned for our next episode. I'm Kim, signing off.
1: You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.